unwittingly keeping your business stuck at a particular revenue threshold? Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I am really, really glad that you are with me today. Now, before we get into today's episode, I've got a question for you. Do you really, really feel like you are in the driver's seat when it comes to your money and its impact on your business and your life? How do you know if you are giving your business all that it needs so that it can give you all that you need? If you don't have a hell yes, I do response, well, let's talk because I just might be able to help you. Send me a DM on Instagram so that we can schedule a complimentary discovery call. You can tell me what's going on. I can tell you what I am hearing. And if we decide that working together makes sense, we can talk about what those next steps look like. So again, send me a DM on Instagram, say discovery call, and we'll get you the link to schedule a time to chat. But now on to today's show. I've noticed an interesting pattern from the entrepreneurs and small business owners with whom I've worked, as well as those that are friends and colleagues. And that pattern is that they unwittingly keep their business stuck at a particular revenue threshold. I have a theory as to why this is the case. Several years ago, I presented at a conference for entrepreneurs. And when I asked the question, how many of you have only ever worked for yourselves, only two people raised their hands. There were approximately 200 people in attendance. But that ratio of two out of 200, that didn't surprise me one bit. From my experience and observation, most people worked first for someone else before taking the leap to go out on their own. So what I saw from that stage that afternoon in Portland, Oregon, that matched with the result that I was expecting. And what inspired the people in that room or anyone really to take the leap to become an entrepreneur or small business owner is as varied as the number of people who who choose to take it every single day. Sometimes the inspiration or the reason is due to a downsizing or a frustration with the system uh, of their industry and a desire to do things differently, better perhaps, or maybe it's due to a change in in their family's needs. Sometimes their venture is an extension of the work that they did as a full-time employee, or perhaps it became a viable business on the heels of a hobby. Sometimes that transition from employee to business owner was financed with severance, the income of a made a significant other, partner, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or personal savings or family wealth, or maybe a combination of all of these things. And here's my theory. How you started and initially financed your business plays a key role in how you approach your pricing today. So let's say you are working a full-time job and you have a side hustle. 
And maybe your goal is to use the side hustle income to supplement your full-time income so that you can more easily, you know, meet your current expenses or finance your future goals. But because you are not looking for this side hustle income to contribute significantly to your business and your personal income, it doesn't have a lot of pressure attached to it. A similar scenario can play out if you have a significant other, for example, whose income covers all of your lifestyle expenses, or you have sizable savings or family wealth that you can tap into. What I've noticed is that there is a strong correlation between how you price and the degree to which you are reliant on the income from what it is that you are selling. This reliance factor has a tendency to show up in your pricing and it often looks like undercharging. So because you don't feel that you need the money for everything, you only need it for a small piece, you don't really feel the financial and the positional impact of charging, for example, $1,000 when the better price would be $2,500. Something else has a similar impact and it's connected to the culture of work. I often reference a study by Dr. Amy Rezanewski of the Yale School of Management. And, you know, I hope I am pronouncing her name correctly because I often will just say Dr. Amy W. Um, but here's a breakdown of how she describes the difference between a job, a career, and a calling. Basically, a job is purely functional. You show up, you do the work, you get paid, you go on about your day. A career is a combination of that functional element, but it also has in the mix a little bit of ambition. So you want to kind of climb the ladder, whatever that might look like in your industry or, or where, you, where it is that you work. A calling is when you tend to feel a deeper alignment. You find your work rewarding and you find that work rewarding on multiple levels. What I've experienced personally and noticed vis-a-vis -vis my coaching clients, pricing masterclass participants, and friends and colleagues is that we tend to fall into the latter category, calling, and handling the business of the work that we do may be frustrating at times, but the actual work is deeply rewarding emotionally, creatively, and in terms of impact, however you might define impact. So the other thing that has a, 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 an impact on how you price is the way you work because often you undercharge for the thing that you do with great ease and find meaningful. So my question to you, dear listeners and watchers, if you are on YouTube, how did you start your business? Was it as a hobby or as a side hustle while you were working full time? Did you start your business without it having the responsibility of needing to cover your lifestyle expenses, either because you have a significant other who could or a full-time job or because you have personal savings or family, family wealth? Do you view the work that you do in your business as a calling? I didn't just ask those questions to take up air. So please don't skip over these questions. And here's why. Your answers matter and they matter since how you started and initially financed your business 
is influencing your approach to pricing today, whether you realize it or not. And look, I've yet to meet an entrepreneur or small business owner, however they started their business, who started a business with the intent of stunting their long-term future or profitability and sustainability. And I bet the same is true for you too. Your pricing does a lot of work and it does a lot of work because it has many jobs and those jobs play a key role in your business's viability. Your pricing also sends signals to your clients, your customers, and your prospects. It also reflects the experience and the intimacy that you want them to have with you. It sends a signal to your competitors regarding your position in the marketplace. But the thing I believe people overlook is how your pricing is ultimately a decision-making process. Yes, it's a process that establishes the value of your product or service, but guess what? Both your business and personal well, financial well-being are a part of this value equation too. So by not taking into account how you started and initially financed your business, or even how you view your work, you run a very high risk of not recognizing your pattern when it comes to pricing because that pattern may have served you at the beginning, but it probably doesn't serve you well today. Whether today represents a year or several years from the starting point of your business. Also, you run the risk of falling into a pricing trap that restricts your position and your progress because it doesn't help you finance and grow your business or help you sustain and thrive personally. This, my friends, is how you can unwittingly keep your business stuck at a particular revenue threshold. And that's not good for your business, and it is, certainly isn't good for you personally. So please, take a moment to answer the questions that I posed, and then ask yourself if you've updated your mindset about pricing, because simply increasing your numbers often isn't enough. Well, that is it for today, folks. As always, thank you for listening all the way until the end. Or if you are watching and joining us on YouTube, I thank you for doing that too. And before you hop, if today's episode sparked an aha or reflection, I'd love to hear more. So please send me a DM on Instagram. And remember to go ahead and book that complimentary discovery call if you really, really want to feel like you are in the driver's seat when it comes to your money and its impact on your business and life. Once more, thank you for listening today or watching. Um, if you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast or perhaps this particular episode, please share it so that we can reach more people. If you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review, we do read them. And if you're on YouTube, well then comment below. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. I'll be back with another episode and I hope you will too. Until next time, remember, it's about more than money. 